last week we talked about uh, the importance of being. Uh, so often we tend to be uh, people who focus so much on, on all the things that we do, and that's how we define ourselves, that's how we find our worth and our value. And, and uh, through Psalm uh, 50 last week, we saw that, that God doesn't have need of that from us. And, and my hope is that that gives us a little bit of freedom, a little bit of assurance that, that what he values in you, what he values in me, what he values in, in people goes deeper than just the things that we can do because he doesn't need us to do all of this stuff for him. He values you for who you are. And so the freedom from last week is, is a freedom to focus more on, on being, to focus more on the heart than on the, the to-do lists and all the things that our hands find to occupy them. And that it's, it's the relationship with God and it's focusing on, on our own growth and on our own uh, personhood and our own relationship with God that should be the, the foundation and the bedrock of everything else in our lives. Uh, so what we talk about this week is doing, but I want us to have as as the background for that, I want us to understand that, that all of the doing we talk about, all of the lesson this week is built, is built on the being. All of the things that we talk about with our, with our hands to do are built on the condition of our hearts, are built on, on who we are, are built on, on who God has shown us that we are. And so if, if the doing uh, starts to suffer, if the doing becomes a problem, if the doing gets in, a way, gets in the way of the being, Stop doing for a while. Go back and focus on who you are. Go back and focus on the being. Our passage today comes from Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 8 through 10. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are people who sometimes focus most on, on what we do. And it tells us in this that that's not where we find salvation. That's not where, that's not where the relationship with God begins is based on what we do, on our own works. And so we have to know that, that there's nothing we can do to earn the salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn that grace, that favor from God. Grace, faith, you know, salvation, those are all a gift that we receive. It's not something that we earn. But it goes on from there to say that we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Because I don't think God created people to be just a bump on a log. I don't think he made us... For, for no purpose at all. It says your works are not what save you, but then it goes on to say, but you are created to do something. You know, you, you do have a purpose. You do have a function. Uh, and we misunderstand that a lot. And it probably begins as we go through school. When you're going through school, you get to the point where you start to do your homework, you start to do all the studying, all the projects, all the assignments, because you want to earn a grade, you want that A, most of us. Sometimes you do the work because you, you have to, because it's an, it's an obligation. You do the homework because they assign the homework, and that's the relationship. 
And so often when we talk about things in church, when we talk about things in life, that's the mentality that we have for the rest of our lives. We do, we work, we serve, we give because we want to try and earn something. We, we do work, serve, give because, because we're supposed to. You know, when I was growing up, we had lists in church, and, and when it was your turn, you were the greeter for that day. And you know what happens when you require people to be the greeter? You get really introverted people standing by the door who don't look anyone else in the eye, and they shake the hands, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and, and you just move them through like a cattle chute. Worse than that, they had an assignment sheet where you would read your way through, and when it was your turn, your family was responsible for special music. <laughs> yeah, you understand the flaw in that system. Not everyone should be responsible for special music. And if your family's like mine, where you know they, they look at the kids, because that's an easy win, right? You put the kids up on stage, they look at the kids and they think, no, we're not doing that. And, and so they go hunting for people from other families to put up there on stage because you're responsible for filling that spot. Doing things out of obligation is a bad system. It leads to burnout. It leads to people who, who do things that they, they don't want to do. I don't want to get up in front and, and play trombone music for you. I certainly don't want to be up here singing. I... I'm bad at those. I don't like them. It makes me bitter to think about having to do that. Some of us have served that way in other capacities too. Sometimes we serve out of guilt. You know, the, the pastor comes and talks to us and, you know, well, we need someone to do this. And so out of guilt, you know, we, we feel like we're supposed to. And we feel guilty enough that we do it. You know, the, the hope the hope is when the pastor talks to you, God's already been speaking to you, and maybe this triggers something, and you think, yeah, that's, that's just a little nudge. Hopefully, that's what people hear. Hopefully, that's been people's experience. Do you remember Do you remember in school when you were excited about it? When it wasn't just some task you had to perform, and you go home, you're like, oh, man, I've got to do this research stuff, and I have to prepare this, this oral report, and I have to do all these diagrams and visual aids. Do you remember when, when people enjoyed what they did? Do you remember when you went home and, and you weren't assigned stuff and you still did it? They do a whale unit at our kids' school in, in kindergarten. And both years, I don't know what they're doing in the whale unit, but it's, a, it's amazing. This year, our son came home and he said, we're learning about whales and, and I want to check these books out about whales and I want to go find pictures of whales and I want to print them out or I want to draw like, you know, you can print out coloring pages online. I want to color in the whale pictures. I want to find videos on YouTube about whales. I want to research whales. And let me tell you what I've learned about whales. We spent days with whales at our house. You know, we learned that, you know, the narwhal, the one with the, the pointy thing that they used to think was a unicorn, that's actually just its big left tooth growing out. You know, and, and you learn all of this stuff, not because... Not because the teacher assigned the kindergartners to go home and give an oral report to their parents. Not because they said, well, I want you to do this research project and, and make a bibliography. Not because you have to put visual aids into it, but because of the, the life that it brought. You know, because of the joy that they found in that. You know, and, and so many teachers do such a good job at that. I remember going home from school and it's like, we learned about pickleball today. And, and we, 
Anyone play pickleball? Okay, some people still play pickleball. It's, it's life-size ping pong with a wiffle ball. We went home, and you try and set something up because you want to play pickleball at home, or you learn about, you know, you learn about dinosaurs, and you go home, and you just you need to learn about more dinosaurs, and you like to say the big long names and try and spell them and color them and draw them. You know, you, you learn about physics with, with matchbox cars and ramps, and, and how far can you make this jump? You know, you do fractions where you cut pizzas in half, and you, all of that stuff, and it, it doesn't feel like work, it doesn't feel like a task, and you're doing so much extra stuff. When I was teaching, we built catapults, you know, talking about levers and, and how to maximize things. They put so much time in on the catapults that it was hard to get math work from them that week because they were so busy doing this other thing. And, and because, you know, I, I didn't require them to do all this extra work, they, they do it because there was joy there. You know, they do it because, because there was life, you know, because, because it brought something to them. God doesn't create us to go through life with all of these oppressive burdens placed on us. He doesn't create us and call us to do things out of guilt. He doesn't call us to do things out of, out of compulsion. He doesn't call us to, to do things because we're trying to earn salvation. He calls us to do and to, and to serve and to give because that's what we're created for. You know, because you were created for this. That doesn't mean it's always easy. It doesn't mean it's always fun. I mean, if, if we look through scriptures and, and you look at people following the call that God has on their lives, if, if you look at the life of Jesus, it's not always fun. It's certainly not always easy. But you see that he's following the calling. You know, and, and there's purpose. There's purpose to what he's doing. And that keeps him moving forward. It keeps him going. It, it, brings, it brings life into this where it's not a drudgery. When we are called to do, when we think about doing, that's the hope that we should have. That's, that's the goal. That's the purpose. That's why we do things. That's why, you know, you, you can see it when people play. You know, you, you can hear it when people sing. You can see it. We have so many people here who, who do all kinds of incredible things. And, and when they do them from that motivation, whether they're, you know, things that you see up front, whether they're things behind the scenes. I mean, there are people here who are, are cleaning on a regular basis, and, and there's joy and, and fun during that time. Well, they enjoy getting together and, and moving chairs around and, and mopping floors, and, and, and they love just to give. You know, they, they love just to, to serve, to, to help others out in that way. Now, there are people here who, who fix cars for others. There are people who bring meals to others. There are people who, who are such good greeters, and they're so much better at it than I was when I was seven. And there are people here who sing, and they're better at it than I am now. And there are people who, who organize things, and there are people who plan. And it's not just in church. How many people serve on school boards or, or city council? Because somehow God created them to be those special people who like going to meetings. And thank God for them. And, and how many people shovel their neighbor's driveway? How many people do, do all the little things? And not because someone's forcing them to, not because they're hoping to earn something from it, but because that's who God made them to be. That's the desire that God's placed in their heart. You know, those are the, the gifts that he's given them, the works that he's prepared in advance for them to do. 
You know, we don't, we don't always know what those are for us. Uh, how do you find the things that God has called you to do? How do you find that, that life work? How do you find that? Well, I don't think it's just one thing for everybody. You know, I, I don't think you have one calling on your life and that's going to consume everything that you do all the time. I think maybe God's calling you for something today. Maybe he's calling you for something different a year from now. So don't try and focus in on there's this, this one big thing that I have to discover. If you're not sure what God's calling is on you, if, if you're not sure what he's prepared in advance for you to do, the, the good works he has in store for you, go back to the being. Go back to that relationship with God. Start there. There's a book I'm reading right now, and the, the point they made uh, time and time again in the last chapter is that, that your ministry begins with your relationship with God. And that has to be the bedrock and the core. You can know how to do all of these things. You can be good at doing all of these things. If the relationship with God is not there, then, then you're built on shaky ground. Then you're missing the important part. If you're not sure what you should be doing, start with the being and spend some time focusing on that. If you've been focusing on the being and you say, you know, I, I still don't know what to do, try some stuff. That, there's, there's nothing more specific necessarily than that. Volunteer for Bible school for a week. How many people have volunteered for Bible school and found out that, hey, I, I, I love teaching. Hey, God might be calling me to do this. Hey, I, I would love to get involved in children's ministry. Volunteer for something. It's not a lifetime commitment. No, volunteer to help out with, with sound. Volunteer to help out with greeting. Volunteer to help out with any of those different things that, that come up from time to time. And see if maybe that's, that's a direction God is preparing you for. Try some stuff out. And, it, and it's okay to step back if you go through it and you see, you know, God really didn't, didn't call me to play drums here. It's okay to realize that after a while. God maybe didn't call me to make coffee here. But try it and see if that's something God has, has put on your heart. Maybe that's one of those giftings that he's created you for. There's a, a video we're going to take a look at, and I wasn't initially planning on sharing this, but it, it, it's something I saw a few weeks ago that just this morning came back to me. Um, to set it up a little, this is a, a Korean version of America's Got Talent. And some of you have probably seen this. It's been around for a little bit. Uh, this particular singer was abandoned at age three, uh, left the orphanage at age five, and has kind of lived on his own since then, uh, doing different, different day jobs, day laborer. His, his main income is that he sells gum and energy drinks at, at clubs. Um, listen to him sing, but, but also listen to the way he describes singing. Let's take a look. Okay. 
성공실을 너무 안아주고 싶어요 때좀 좀 많은 사건들이 되게 많았어요. 그러니까 막 어디 팔려가기도 하고 막좀 나이트에서 껌 팔면서 이제 어떤 사람이 성악하는 걸 봤어요. 근데 나이트는 되게 뭐 되게 뭐 신나는 노래만 하는데 거기서 다 진지하게 하는 모습에 그 매료가 돼서. 그때부터 좋아했어요. 그래서 성악적으로 가고 싶은 거예요? 네. 네. I don't think they've ever, ever actually offered to hug anyone on the American version. Um, just to put in perspective how much talent Korea has, he got second in the competition. Um, he is someone, when, it, when I hear him sing and, and They have extended interviews with him on, online. When you hear him talk, you know, singing is something that, that when he discovered he could sing, you know, regardless of, of what his situation was, regardless of where he was, he, he began to just seek that out. He began to, to sing, to, to desire to be a vocalist, to, to have that be uh, a part of his life. You know, whether there was a competition or not, He was still somewhere singing. He was still somewhere following this, doing this, living this out. That's, that's what it means, I think, for us to follow what God has created for us to do. You were created in Christ Jesus to give, to serve, to do, uh, to minister, to, to love others. And there, there are ways prepared in advance for us to do that. Outlets for us to find that. You know, each of us has something special. Each of us has, has some, some gift, some ability, you know, in, in a variety of areas, a variety of ways to, to express that, to use that, to serve with that. But when we, when we miss out on that, when we, when we do things just because we feel like we have to, just because we're, we're working for someone else trying to, to earn something, when we serve out of guilt, We, we, miss, we miss what it is God has created us to do. Have you ever watched, you know, those of you that like baseball, when Ken Griffey Jr. first came into the league and he would be in the dugout with his hat turned around and he'd be laughing and joking around with people the whole time. And then he'd go out and he'd hit a home run and he'd go back into the dugout and he'd be laughing and joking around. And then he'd be out in the field and he'd be laughing with everyone else. I mean, there, there's something freeing and exhilarating about finding what it is what it is you were made for, what, what it is that God's purpose in your life is, and then being able to, to, to do that, to live that out. You know, my, my hope, my prayer for all of us is that we can find, we can find the opportunity to, to serve like that, you know, to serve out of, out of pursuing what it is God made for you to do than out of any burden that someone's placed on you. You know, my, my hope for us is that, that we can be people who are, who are driven by, by inspiration, you know, driven by, <laughs> by God's design, you know, driven by the fact that this is a gift and a blessing. You know, even being able to serve, if it's like this, is, is a gift that God gives us. You know, my hope for us is that we, 
we base our doing on our being, but that we don't let it stop there, that that pours out of us into who we are, into what we do, into how we live. Let's join together in prayer.